Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Destroprods.com movies and the television podcast. As always, I'm dead. Remember today we have Cave. Hi. I apologize if I sound different, uh, different room to record in, and I have a head cold, so yay. You just get the same old me. Nothing fancy here. But very soon there'll be less background noise because I won't have my EC unit anymore. No, that sucks. Not really. It's getting. We're getting to the. Like, like it's it's just one of those wall mounted things. We just kind of take it out when we're not using it. Hmm, that's fair. So you know that way I can actually have my window open and have like you know air coming through. As opposed to right now what where I, I have. We're not allowed to have like air, fans and air conditioners hanging out of our windows, and one of my neighbors currently has one, and I'm just looking at it like that's gonna fall out and kill somebody. Because it's, like, barely seated in the window. Oh, yeah. Like, this... Like, the way mine is, is it is a very... It's a very old unit. Like, it's still... It is not so old that it doesn't have Energy Star. Because it does have that, but it is still a relatively old unit. And it didn't come with, like, a brace or anything. I got it from my aunt and uncle. And it's like, all right, here's the thing. Here's three blocks of wood. Good luck. And so what we do is we just kind of seat it in the window. It is hanging partially down and out, and it just has three blocks of wood rested underneath it. Not attached to anything, just sitting loose on the sill. Ah, the movies and TV podcast where we comment on air conditioner design. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I personally still think it doesn't ma- that it's just foolish that the air conditioners generate so much water... And that just drains off into the outside world instead of being cycled into a water purification system. It seems like a massive waste. Yeah, probably, but it also seems like that would cost more money than people who make who make air conditioners willing to spend. All you have to do is run it into the sewage system. And then it'll go through the water purification plants, and then we'll have more water. I mean, think of how much water that could potentially provide to desert regions. Even if they did have that, I don't think... Anybody would be willing to either A, do it themselves, or B, put in the money to have it done. Because, because like, with these window-mounted things... I don't know, window-mounted things can go fuck themselves. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the, like, you built a fucking, like, in-place air conditioner that's never going anywhere. Those units. Oh, those. I'd... I have learned so much about air conditioner maintenance since I moved into this apartment building. <laughs> you have no fucking idea. I do not. But anyway, speaking of air conditioning, actually, you know how movie theaters, people like go to them for in the summer because like, you know, air, air, one of the reasons is AC. Mm-hmm. Mine doesn't have that. My, my theater's AC actually broke recently, so they don't have any AC either. Like it's... I don't think I don't think it was like a their their thing broke. I don't ever remember the theater having a AC. It's just here's a big here's a large room with people in it. Good luck. Go sweat, motherfuckers. Yeah, pretty much. <coughs> You're gonna pay us to see this movie whether you want to or not. 
Yeah, you're gonna pay fucking ten dollars for a ticket and then pay five bucks for a Diet Coke. That's right, you fucking are you piece of shit. Anyway, I went to the theater. And more Ooh, more fancy. Off- he went to the theater. Yes, I did. But anyway, more of just kind of off center things. Yo, fu- fucking my movie theater fucking sucks. <laughs> like outside, they have the fucking like poster. They have like those uh, they have they have the posters up of like, hey, here's showtime. Here's when they're happening stuff. And we normally have we have three screens in this theater: our main screen, and then two off to the side that are much smaller. I mean, much smaller. It's literally like they took the main theater and cut it in half. Mm-hmm. And Normally what it is, is the new thing that just came out is in the main theater. And then and then the things that have been out for a couple weeks, they're in the side theaters. That makes sense. Yeah. With this, there was so much not playing that outside the posters were It Chapter 2, a different time playing for It Chapter 2, and then Angel Has Fallen. Angel Has Fallen? Yes, it is the third movie in the Olympus Has Fallen series. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst White House Down, which is the worst Die Hard. But yeah, just outside in the fucking marquee, it's just It Chapter 2, then It Chapter 2 again, and then Angel Has Fallen. And funnily enough, going in there, uh, one of the showings of it, Chapter 2 was ending this week. What? Yes. It Chapter 2 was still in the theater. They were just ending one of the showings. Okay. Because they had ju- because sense. because this Friday they're getting a third movie. Whoa. I think I think it's called Hustlers. Oh god, that movie. Yeah. Let's just say I am not happy with the pickings of most films for this season. Yeah, because there's not fucking really much right now. Like, I was, like, the the pickings for me were so slim that I got hyped for a movie that I had walked out on the last 20 minutes of the previous movie of. (laughs) Like, after two hours of it, I was like, I know how this ends. It's not going to be entertaining anymore. Let's just leave. So we left for the last 20 minutes of it. Because I did not care. And then I was like, yeah, man, let's go see It uh, It Chapter 2. Oh, we're going to see it in theaters. It's going to be great. And then Birdie reminded me, we walked out in the last 30 minutes of It. And I was like, <laughs> why was I so excited for It Part 2? I'm going to watch the miniseries again. Because <laughs> it's basically what the second movie will be. Okay, so I guess it is good that we have a similar opinion because I do not like It Chapter 2. I haven't seen it yet. I just don't care enough. I thought you had. I was going to, and then Bertie reminded me that I didn't need to bother. Okay, so, because you, so, you, walked out, so you walked out 20 minutes at, before the end of the first It, then we're like, yeah, It Chapter 2. Yeah. I, okay, the, sorry. Yeah, that's I, what I heard, The way I heard that was you had already gone to see It Chapter 2. Left, left, left at the before like the last twenty minutes, and then we're like, "It chapter two, let's go!" And then you're like, "We already fucking walked out of it." No, 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 no. Birdie reminded me that we had our that we had walked out of it chapter one, so there was no real point in seeing it chapter two in theaters for us. Okay, so I'm probably gonna end up reviewing it chapter two, 
like actually written thing. I am. I've been kind of like mulling it over since I saw it, and I'm sitting at like a. I'm sitting at like two out of five. It's a shame that that's passable right now. It's really not. It's still bad. With how little that's come out and how little good that's come out. Like, the only reason I went to go see It Chapter 2 was because, like, was because I got a text from my mom saying, hey, I sent you 20 bucks. You want to go see It Chapter 2? And that was the only reason I went to go see it. And that's why he canceled our recording session yesterday. Yes. Also, content. Anyway, yeah, I... The first It was all right. I didn't hate it. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it afterwards. It was mediocre. I thought it was fine. The horror stuff was definitely mediocre. But I kind of knew that going in. And so watching it, I didn't watch it as a horror movie. (laughs) I watched it as a like. I watched it as a group of kids coming together and finding each other in their worst moments. A coming of age. Yeah, coming of age sure. thing with a scary clown in it. Which is kind of the way to watch that movie, because that's basically what it is. But that shouldn't be what it is. It shouldn't be. But what are you going to do? As Eighth you have said, pickings are slim. But yeah, and so going into yeah, chapter two, I had heard some of the buzz about it. I had heard some of the pe- I'd heard some of the opinions about it, and I had heard some of the opinions about the book. Uh, some of the ones that were floating around, where the adults were the worst part of the book. Yep. And so it's like, okay, we did all the, the mini good series parts. really kicked up their quality. <laughs> um. But yeah, so it was like, hey, yeah, so we already did all the good parts. Now here's what's left. And like I do have to say this about it, I think the miniseries is the best way to enjoy it, because it keeps things clear, concise, and mostly interesting throughout the whole thing. Yeah, you just got it. You just got to have like six shorter, hours to kill. It's shorter, and it's no, it's not six hours. Oh, I thought it was. No, it's like three hours. Oh, dip. Yeah, it is shorter than the two movies put together. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. oh fuck anyway yeah so with it chapter 2 yeah runtime 192 minutes yeah a little over 3 hours Mm -hmm. the first it movie almost (laughs) matched it yeah almost but with this one things start off really weird because it starts off with a hate crime of course yeah just a bunch of dudes beating the shit of a couple gay dudes that's actually how it how the book starts okay and that just confuses things further because pennywise you know the guy who eats scared children just eats a fucking adult gay man that also happens in the book why? 
Uh, I did not get that far, but I think that it's just like he'll eat anybody who's afraid enough. Then what? Then what was the fucking point of? The... <clears throat> he like the more afraid you are, and the longer you stew in that fear, the tastier you are. He was afraid so... for thirty seconds. Yeah, and another and, and another already... one of his kills in this movie. She was not scared at all. I don't know. I didn't get very far in the book because it's it, a thousand pages. It, it is a thousand pages of confusingly written mess. Yeah, that's it's a thousand pages of I cocaine. Got, I got three hundred pages in, and I cannot for a second tell you what the fuck was going on. Because the book it jumps around so fucking much. So fucking much. That I could not follow the goddamn story. I do not understand how this book became so popular that it got both a miniseries and two fucking movies. So I think the book got popular off of just Stephen King. And I don't think it was... I don't, I don't know if it was... Oh my god, the miniseries was released on Laserdisc. <laughs> For those who don't know, a laser disc is like a Blu-ray, but five times as big and way worse. Way lower quality, less storage. Yes, I think it is. It was put up as like the. The only reason I said Blu-ray was because that is what the youths out there might understand. <laughs> no, they'd understand CDs, right? No. No. They they live in a world where they don't. They live in a world where they have never had to physically buy music. I worked in a, a music store and there were plenty of young people who came in to buy mu- buy physical music. So, yes, young people back then. This is That was like that was like 5 years ago. Yes, 5 years ago might as well be 1000 years ago. They were 60 minutes per side. <laughs> that was the best they got. 60 minutes per side, which means that the It miniseries had to be released on on a minimum of two discs. (laughs) No, and so that's actually the better thing. Just think about this. So you said it was 192 minutes? Mm-hmm. That means they released. That means that they could have released it on two laser discs. The first disc, sixty minutes each side. Second disc, sixty minutes first side, twelve minutes second side. They probably divided it up evenly, but yeah. I'm just no, just imagine if they did that. It's like it's like all right, fucking, let's go to the side B, and it is twelve minutes. <laughs> Do they even have fucking bonus features? Probably not. I don't think laser discs were powerful enough for that. I feel like Laserdisc was just what if VHS was on a platter? Fuck it. This is uh, this is movies and TV. We can talk about the history of Laserdisc presentation. <laughs> Fucking Laserdiscs, okay. man. Did you need to like play them on like a almost like a record player? There was a specific Laserdisc player that was basically like a, a laser record player. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, just imagine it's fucking DJ Jazzy Jeff doing cut-ups with a couple laser discs. 
Dude, no, that's actually a to- totally a thing. People have gotten records cut from old laser discs. As in, they took the laser disc and cut a record into it. So I didn't mean that. Cut ups is, is like you know, like DJs cutting in between two records and scratching. Yeah, I know. So there are totally DJs out there who can do that. Is <laughs> what probably, I'm saying. Fuck it. We could have a DJ Jazzy Jeff rocking a laser disc turntable. <laughs> like, yo, what up? We got Jeff on. The, we got Jeff on the outmoded fucking media platform. <laughs> Let's make this sparkle. <laughs> Up next, we got DJ Put, AM. Puts a laser on it and blinds everyone because yeah. of how reflective they are. So next up at the set, we got DJ AM playing on a couple UMDs. Fucking laser discs, man! Like, and these, like, these were meant to replace VHS, and VHS survived longer than them. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> like, there are actually still places selling VHS tapes. Yeah, and there are still, like, companies out there that are still producing VHS tapes of, like, new movies. Because some of those movies, you need to get that 100% just pure, crisp, fucking 144p video. Now, there were benefits. Sharper picture, um, uh, could handle digital audio, stuff like that. But it was, they were so cumbersome. Yeah. And again, you need to flip to a side B to finish a movie. Like an, like a regular movie. Like in the middle of fucking Die Hard. And it's, just, and it's like, and it's just like, end of side A. Flip to side B for rest of movie. Mm. Fuck. I'm just imagining the Lord of the Rings movies on laser disc okay so back to the it movie yeah while so, i continue reading about laser discs and we'll interrupt with uh fun facts yeah so after these two gay guys get fucking got uh mike hanlon who has who's living in the fucking clock tower of the of the library he oh, was you not- were, weren't you curious as to how they were going to handle um you know all like why is he still in town and all that stuff uh yeah he stayed because of course. Just because. He became a library he became a librarian's assistant because he did all this research and stuff because. Huh. So while laser discs were originally cheaper to produce, the larger demand for VHS has made the process so much cheaper that there was no fucking point in making laser discs anymore. Yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, the movie we're talking about. I said I was going to interrupt with Laserdisc facts because this is just entertaining to me. Yeah, I'm trying to get my fucking hate on and you're just, you keep breaking my flow. <laughs> I'm getting fucking combo broken by goddamn Laserdiscs. <laughs> oh my god, wouldn't that be a great thing to see? Just like a fighting game made out of movie formats. So you've got the old six millimeter real uh, real film versus like the very modern Blu-ray discs. Yeah, it's the Netflix uh. logo. <laughs> oh, they've all got super move moves based on how they like projected their shit. So Blu-ray literally is just like I'm a slightly better CD. Oh, it's not. I'm a slightly better DVD. You know. 
Yeah, VHS, VHS's thing, he's a command grab character, so what his thing does, he just, like, fucking throws, he throws out the, like, he throws out his tape to wrap him up, and then someone puts a pencil into the thing and just twists him up. Yeah, oh, and uh, the 6mm reel, like, literally whips out the re- the film reel, and it lights on fire as it goes, yeah. because of how flammable that shit was. Yeah, 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 that's, that old film reel is just fucking dulcim. Someone, someone, so Street Fighter V is on PC. Someone mod it. <laughs> Please and thank you. Yes. Uh, VHS tapes are obviously Zangief. Oh, man. I don't know enough about fighting games to know. Uh, like, let's get, let's get fucking the, uh, let's get the fucking movie format fighting games fucking main stage at Evo. Gonna be you that. don't even have to. You don't even have to acknowledge that we came up with the idea. I just want to see it. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking that and Jackie Chan's Fist of Fury. The game where you can play as four different Jackie Chans. Okay. It don't worry oh, about it. Laserdisc was uh, actually very good for arcade games. Several companies saw potential in using them for video games in the eighties and nineties. Beginning with Astron Belt. I've never heard of this game, but it actually sounds really interesting. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, Mike, once these gay guys get dead, he runs down to the fucking crime scene, just walks very close to it. And the cops are like, yeah, cool. And he sees painted in blood in the fucking bridge struts uh, come home. And so he's like, oh, okay, it's happening. Hey, like four people have died. Get the fuck back here. Calls up everybody, and everybody has forgotten about it because you know that's how magic works. Just as soon as you leave Derry, you forget everything. Mike Hanlon from Derry. Yeah, basically, uh, that's essentially everyone's reaction when they aren't puking. Because calling these memories back, uh, they everyone just has real adverse reactions. Like when, uh, like when, when, when he calls up Bill, uh, when he calls up Bill, Bill is like on a movie set because, you know, he became a writer because he's a Stephen King protagonist. And as soon as he gets the call from Mike, it's like, hey, Mike Hamlin from Derry, his hand just starts hurting because all of them took a giant fucking piece of glass and just dug it into the palm of their hand to commemorate their fucking, to commemorate their promise to come back 27 years later. That's not going to cause an infection. Oh, no. And from the looks of it, they use the same piece of glass on everyone. That's not going to cause an infection. And also, it digs in. You see the glass go a good half an inch into their fucking palm. Yes, we calls up everyone, and I just kind of feel bad for one of the guys. Uh, I'm going to look up his. I'm just going to double check his name so I get it right. Uh, because he's also the guy who was the who played um, fuck what is it uh, who played um Alec Holland in the Swamp Thing series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Andy Bean. Yeah, like he gets a fucking like he gets a role on a he gets like the you know lead role on a fucking show, and that show gets canned after one episode. Then he jo- then he joins the cast of like a fucking high profile movie sequel, the follow up to a very successful movie, one of the highest one of the most like successful horror movies of all time, and he's in it for five minutes. Cause the character he's cast as fucking kills himself. 
Yeah. Everyone gets on, gets called on back, get into a fucking, gets into a Chinese restaurant, and they're all just hanging out, having a good time. And it actually is really great. Like, these characters, these this cast of fucking, this cast, when they have a chance to actually interact with each other, they have really good chemistry together. Just like the kids in the first movie. Like, they, they gel together really well, and... Whoever the fuck, whoever did the casting on this fucking movie, did a fantastic job casting the adult version of these kids. And then that gets thrown right the fuck out because then they spend the majority of the movie away from each other or just screaming. Like their yeah. their biggest fucking their the biggest the biggest strength of both of these fucking movies is their cast. With the first one, you got a chance to actually spend time with them and work with them and see them build as characters. In this, they're there. Remember how Eddie was really anal retentive and talked fast? He, he does that too. Remember how Richie was like really vulgar and wore glasses? He does that too. Remember how Beverly was the girl? She does that too. Remember how Mike was? I, I kind of wish you had, had said she doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went, they went progressive. Great. Yeah, Bev's now played by Tilda Swinton. Yeah, remember how Mike was fucking useless? He's still he's still that too. Like Mike, Mike is the fucking the thing that pissed me off. Kind of the most about this, it, he fucking does nothing. Despite doing the most. He's somehow the most proactive character who does the least. Because he finds out about the ritual of Chewed. He finds out how to fucking deal with it. He explains how to fucking beat Pennywise in almost every situation. And it feels like he does fucking nothing. Because everything that he has done, he has either done, he's already done either before the movie started or off screen in the movie. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna get to spoilers of this because fuck it, who cares? It's fucking it chapter two. In order. Oh, but I read the book. How could you ruin it for me, Dad? Bitch, don't fucking lie. You read 300 pages of that book. Yeah. It is a thousand pages of pure cocaine. I honestly might listen to the audiobook so I can actually, you know. Do you have a free week? Yes. Well, lucky you then. I'm currently unemployed and going to be packing so that I can potentially move out of my comfortable abode so that I can, uh, you know, afford to survive. Anyway. So, yes, lucky me. Yeah, fucking just, just everything Mike fucking does. Like, the ritual of Chewed in this is a, instead of being some fucking weird space bullshit with your uh, deal with the space turtle, it is instead a Native American ritual. That also doesn't work. The ritual of Chewed literally doesn't work. And the way that it's set up is that in order for the ritual of Chewed to work, uh, they have to burn the past by having every character go off on their own, find a token of some, like, part of their past, some, like, big moment in their past that helped define kind of who they were or whatever, um... And they have to burn it in this fucking uh, weird leather triangle. 
and at which point the dead lights will fall into it, and they have to close it up, and then boom, we're good. Yeah, I didn't get that far in the book, so I don't know how accurate that is to the book. It's not. Because Rob, because I've 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 watched videos of people talking about the end of the book, and what they use in the end of the book is psychic energy. And Mike is also not there in the book. In the book, Mike gets fucking attacked, and so he's in the hospital, and thus he fucking telecoms his psychic energy to the Losers Club. Mike Hanlon from Derry. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I keep saying that because that's literally how everyone in the miniseries reacts. Yep. Like, period. Mike Hanlon from Derry? Yep. Whereas in the whereas in the show, it's like, hey, it's Mike. Or, sorry, whereas in the movie, it's like, hey, it's Mike. Who's Mike? Mike Hanlon from Derry. Oh, God, something horrible's happening. My soul is being sucked out through my eyeballs. What's going on? Yeah. But yeah, so that is how the ritual is supposed to work. They just fucking, they burn all their shit, scream out some shit about f- 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 light from darkness or whatever, and the deadlights, which is the actual physical form of uh, Pennywise, these three little balls of light, they're supposed to go into the thing, close it up, everything's good. Turns out, that don't work. Because the ritual of Chewed is useless. It just summons Pennywise, and then he killed all the Native Americans who originally did it. And then Mike's like, no, it'll work for us. Because that's that's Mike's other role in this. He is no longer town historian and librarian. He is now town crazy person. Because he is legitimately insane. One of the first things he does, like to, one of the things he does like to keep the group together is he drugs Bill. Yay! One of our protagonists is no longer a protagonist. Yeah, and then doesn't tell anyone in the group about the fact that the ritual failed the first time. Actually, the drum that he got, or like the little tri- the little fucking pyramid that he got, one side actually showed every person conducting the ritual being murdered. So he scratched it out with a knife. Fucking Christ, Bill. No, this is Mike. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, Bill is actually somewhat reasonable in this. He maintains protagonist status throughout. Yeah, so everyone goes off, and as they go off, then scary shit happens. Because up to this point, not really anything had happened. Like, the fortune cookies happened, but that wasn't scary, more just kind of funny. Like, cracker and a fortune cookie, oh look, a fucking... Oh, look, a fucking shrimp with baby face crawls out of it and starts screaming. I just kind of laughed at that. And then and then Mike picks up a chair and just starts fucking destroying the table with it at this Chinese restaurant. And apparently no one else in the restaurant is like, what the fuck is happening? Like the, like the fucking waitress comes in and is like, hey, everything good in here? As Mike is de- as Mike is destroying a table with a chair. He's like, if we get the check and then just leave, no problem. And, yeah, so Ritual fails. Everything's, everything goes to shit. And then the way they beat him is by calling him names. They just scream. They, they just scream insults at him, and then he gets smaller, so they rip out his heart and crush it. That's the way you beat Pennywise. Let's go, hey, you fucking dumbass. You fucking suck. 
Are you supposed to be a fucking clown? You don't even make like, a good clown. You don't even make a good scary clown. You look fucking stupid. And he goes, oh, no, my feelings. And he rips his heart out. This is eyes. battery acid, you freak. Yes, they do a version of that, but it is stupid and bad because they because they had never set up that what you believe affects Pennywise. Like in the fucking like in the in the in the miniseries, they set up that the shit that you believe affects him. They set up that like that like your belief in both his power and the power of other objects affects this weird fucking monster. They set that up both in the like, both as kids and as adults that like that fucking like Eddie's fucking battery acid thing. That's his fucking hero moment before he dies. In this, in this fucking Bev gives him a fucking broken piece of fence and says, "Hey, it kills monsters if you believe it does." And he's like, "Yeah, I believe it does." And then fucking spears Pennywise in the face and then dies. Whoa! So heroic. And I mentioned at the beginning that like the first movie, it worked because it was a. It was a decent coming-of-age story couched inside of a mediocre horror movie. This is a mediocre horror. This is a this is a mediocre horror movie that surrounds a movie that doesn't know what it is. Because you'd think it would be like some kind of midlife crisis thing, almost like with these these people at various stages of arrested development not being able to move on in their lives because they don't remember the developmental shit they went through as kids. Yeah, I can see that actually. Yeah, you'd think that would be it, but that's not really what it is. It also doesn't have a consistent tone. Like a lot of the time, like some of the times it will be, it will be just all nostalgic and stuff. Other times it will be, other times it will go for very comedic tones in a scene that does not have a comedic tone in it. Like the one that stands out the most is Eddie. Eddie is going through his individual horror experience where he has to go and get a, where he has to go and get an inhaler, which is his token because he doesn't actually have any kind of fucking disease at all. But because he never went, because he never fucking broke out of that Munchausen by proxy thing, he still has that stuff. Ended up, mar- and ended up marrying a woman that is basically his mom. Mm, I prefer in the miniseries when he lives with his mother because she wouldn't let him out of his sight, out of her sight. Yeah, so he goes down to the basement of this, uh, goes down to the basement of, of the pharmacy, and then the leper shows up. And he's like, yo, fuck you. Start strangling the leper. And the leper just barfs out this weird black sludge on him. At which point, it plays that fucking Just Call Me Baby song. Oh, sorry, Just Call Me Angel song. Yeah, I can't sing it because, you know, we'll get fucking taken down on this. Right. Yeah, but you know the song I'm talking about. I, yeah, I, I know hope. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it plays it, for, it plays it for two seconds and then stops. And it wasn't playing on like a radio or something in the background and then it like got pumped up for when he got barfed black sludge in them. It just, it's just regular movie soundtrack getting, getting choked begins vomiting. Just call me angel cut end of scene. And that entire fucking scene felt like, and felt like something out of evil dead, but just done worse. I can definitely see what you're talking about. Well, hear what you're talking about. Cause yeah. And even later in the fucking movie, they go back to the fucking monster house and fucking Stan's dead body is there. Like, child Stan's dead body is there. And then it grows spider legs, like in The Thing. And they frame it like The Thing. And then Richie says a line from The Thing. 
Talk about John Carpenter's a thing for anyone who doesn't know. For anyone who doesn't know, in John Carpenter's a thing, uh, there is a scene where a dude's head gets fucking ripped off and then it grows spider legs and begins walking away. When someone sees this, they react by going, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And then in this, a dude's head grows spider legs and it is filmed as identical as they could fucking make it to the thing, at which point Richie says, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Which I don't get. Why? Why? That is like, like that, that whole thing is just straight up goddamn. They just stole it. They just stole a fucking shot and reaction from another movie. It's an homage, dead man. Fuck you. Like, if this movie was actually just all homages, if this was, like, like just different homages to different horror movies, that'd be one thing. But this comes out of fucking nowhere. Ugh. Like, this, as soon as I saw that, I straight up... I almost burst out laughing or screaming in the theater, and I didn't know which one would happen first. Because it was... It was egregious. You probably actually have to bump that down to like one, one and a half out of five. I'm still not sure yet. I'm still like kind of like flip-flopping on the number. But... So as you can tell, he loved it. Yeah, fuck this fucking movie. This is a bad movie. That's even worse because I spent so much time talking about it. My recorder's almost dead, so we'll have to take a quick break because I switch out the batteries. We'll be back in a second. Yay! Air back. Sorry about that. Howdy, folks. It chapter two is bad. It killed his recording. Oh, fuck. Another thing that I goddamn remembered. Fuck. Speaking of fucking inconsistent tones, the goddamn town of Derry. Like, you've seen it in the trailers. Breathe in that dairy air. I, I will fucking stab you. <laughs> That's my favorite joke from the miniseries. <laughs> like, you've like you've seen in the trailers. Like you, have you, you know, I'm assuming you watched trailers for this movie. Some of them. Like, you've seen... There have been multiple shots in that movie of... Um, like dairy, the main street of dairy, just fucking dead as like, as like, you know, all shops look closed. There's like, there's like missing children's posters blowing throughout the streets. Yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. This town looks like that. And then the next shot, it's brightly lit with full of, full of fucking people. Like the town feels the, the, the downtown, they show it. It looks dead. And then, but and and it looks dead. But that is in between showing the beginning where there is a dairy town festival and the rest of the movie where there are actually people hanging out doing stuff. It just for whatever reason on that day, downtown looked like a fucking ghost town. And I do not understand why. Fuck. Yeah, Stephen King makes this fucking obligatory cameo because Stephen King is the is the fucking Stan Lee of non comic book stuff. 
I actually read recently someone insisting that Stephen King become a uh, public domain character when he turns <laughs> 75. <laughs> and I agree completely and utterly because I think that would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it would also be the first thing entering the public domain in like 30 years. Ooh, corporate ownership. Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> Fucking Disney. Uh, yeah, it, it chapter two is bad. Don't watch it. You don't need to watch it, honestly. That first movie had a decent enough resolution. Watch the miniseries if you really want to know how it ends. Yeah, I guess. If you're one of those depressing people. Look, if you want to know how it ends, I told you how it ends. They kill him. Yeah. Yeah, true. Though the miniseries doesn't have the ritual of chewed. Nope. They just... They just fucking knock him over like a cow and just punch his heart no, till it comes out. No, they shoot him in the head with a silver thingy. I seem to remember them pushing over the giant fucking spider puppet and then ripping his no, heart no, no. out. Once they shot it in the head, that's when they push it over. Okay, so they used a slingshot to hit it in the face and then we're just like eh, and ripped his heart out. Mm-hmm. Kalima! Yeah, it's unfortunate. This with this cast, they could have made a much better movie. And I feel like this was largely a limitation of the story and the changes they made to the story going in from the first to the second. I don't know. It this whole fucking thing. I do not know why it blew up the way it did. And it's still either. and it still is weird to me that it is the I think it's the highest grossing like like horror film ever. That part doesn't surprise me because it was very 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 mainstream. Like there was a lot of attention given it. Mhm. God, I'm starting to get annoyed with that. Name. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I was right. Yeah, it is the highest rated. It is, it is the it is the top earning horror movie, earning a worldwide gross of seven hundred million, a budget of thirty five million. Actually, how the budgets compare to be between these two? Oh, looks like budget doesn't. Okay, yeah, budget looks like they are kind of doubled it for the sequel. Well, that was probably a mistake. I feel like they need to do that to get the actors. Or not not, not, not the actors, but also like there's a lot more. This is way more effects driven than the first one, too. Like way more effects driven. Like that first one, it had its moments. But for a lot of the time, it was like very, it was like a lot more low-key special effects that were mainly used for just weird, like, body contortion horror stuff. As opposed to this, where it is, where it is like, the final battle is literally them versus a 30-foot-tall spider uh, fucking version of Pennywise. Also, an implication that Pennywise may have just been a person, I don't, I don't get that. 
Pennywise was an extra-dimensional entity from beyond the veil. Well, this Pennywise is from space. He's just a space alien made out of three glowing lights. But he may have like it may have like taken the form of a of a guy who was Pennywise a dancing clown. Like you saw it in the tra- like you saw it in the in like that first thing that was released for it with the old woman. Which that's still fucking hilarious. And the payoff is not worth it. At all. When we actually see your horror version, it's just it's just nothing. Just, hey, what if this old woman was spooky? Spoopiness. Oh, spoops. Very good player. It's going to be a spooker wooker. Yeah, it kind of, yeah, I don't like this. Fuck this movie. And speaking of unsatisfying sequels, let's talk about John Wick 3. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I, I. This is the worst John Wick. Oh, no. And that it gets down to the kind of mediocre territory. So I am a big fan of John Wick. I love John Wick 1. John Wick 2 expanded on the world in an interesting way. And his like fight rivalry with I Common hev- was I, great. I, I, lo- I heavily hope that you include some John Wick shit in your Call of Cthulhu game. Because it's kind of a good environment for it. I might. We'll fucking see. I'm still working on it. I'm still, I gotta build the fucking cosmology first. Uh, you young DMs and your insistence that you gotta plan everything. No, I'm not planning everything. I'm planning. The, I'm. I'm building out what you guys could possibly fight. Different cults and factions that you might see. Ah, uh, young DMs. I gotta. I gotta know which body parts, which deities want you to cut off. Anyway, John Wick Chapter 3 is not very good. And what's kind of surprising is one of the worst parts of it is the action. Hmm. Yeah, like the first... So, John Wick 3 picks up pretty much immediately after John Wick Chapter 2, where John has been declared excommunicado and is now and now has his last hour before the bounty is put out open status for him, and he begin and he is... He is hunted down by every fucking person who works for the high table. And the first fight that happens is against is John versus a very, very big man. Which is to say it's John, it's, which is to say it's Keanu Reeves versus a guy who is really tall. And that's kind of it. That's the only real character trait. He's just tall. My superpower is height. And so the entire fight is Keanu Reeves with a book hitting him in the knee, the balls, and the throat over and over and over again. Woo! And then the big guy grabs him and goes, I am big. See, my favorite big guy versus little guy fight has to be from the original. Uh, well, not the original, but the, uh, I think, 2006 Sherlock Holmes movie. Because the big thug is just, he's so, they're, they're, the rapport they have is just so perfect. Yeah. Because he's actually, in it. he's an intelligent bloke. They have a congenial conversation about how I have to kick your ass. It's like, oh, but I will be trying to survive. It's like, oh, I know. But shall we get this started? And it's funny, and it's witty, and it's charming, and 
Every other fight, he's just like, big guy, smash you. Yeah. My favorite are the wrestling matches with Rey Mysterio. <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> yeah, so that fight starts things off, and the entire thing just feels awkward and stilted. Like, the ending is pretty brutal. Where he does, like, a very, like... Almost looks like they used a dummy for it, kind of thing, where he just, where he just like puts a book down, gets the guy's head rest, of, gets the guy's neck rest of the book, and then just fucking cracks his head down. Yeesh. That looked great, but then every other fight just feels like dragged out and really kind of boring. But the worst fight of everything is the is the near one hundred percent CG fight on motorcycles. Oh yay! Yeah, where Keanu is running away from a bunch of assassins and they are all on motorcycles. Card games on motorcycles! Basically. Yeah, it looked like how they filmed it was put them on stationary motorcycles in front of a big fan on a green screen. Woo! And they fought and then they crashed. That was it. It looked bad. The seat, the like compositing on the world itself on like on the backgrounds versus the characters looked like shit. Everything looked real blurry. Like not motion blurry, just blurry. Yeah, and our big and like our big uh, bad, like like our final fight kind of thing is is John Wick versus one of the guys from Double Dragon. Mark Dacascus. And he, it, he, mm, he fucking sucks. Like they were setting it up like a him and the common kind of thing, or like with John and like, I think Adrian Palicki from the first movie, like the lady assassin who was like trying to kill him on continental grounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with those two fights, it was. These characters, despite spending very little time together, had near instant chemistry and were able to fight each other very well and had fun with it. Like the fuck, like the multiple fights you had with Common and John Wick Two were the highlights of that fucking movie. And then with this, they have limited interaction, and the entire time they do have interaction, it is Mark Dacascus acting like a very awkward fanboy. Despite the fact that he is the head of a ninja clan. I don't get it. It, it like it, the, the scene that fucking just I'm, I'm replaying in my head over and over again and just fucking seething at is when they are going to talk to they're going to talk to the manager of the Continental um, Ian McShane and it's like and concierge brings him to a couple chairs and it's like hey I'll get, I'll get the manager. Just have a seat. I'll let you know when he's ready. John sits down on the couch. Mark Tocasta comes down and sits down right next to him on that couch. Like, it is a three-seater. John sits in one, John sits in one, and he sits in the middle when there is the other arm, the other arm, and two chairs. He's like, I just want to let you know, this is not the personal, man. It's just a business. Like, hey, man, I'm a fan. John went to buy a you know. Hmm. Just real awkward silences. All the fight choreography feels 
with, with him especially with him specifically feels like really like not executed properly and it i feel bad saying this john wick was one of, like the fucking like john wick was one of the best action movies of that year and was only fucking topped by two of the best action movies of the last 10 years So having to say that it's that the action is bad kind of hurts, and they also. So I, I've talked to you about this before with the value of the coins. Mm-hmm. And and like a lot of people didn't know what the value of the coin was, and it, the value of the coin is essentially just a favor. That had never been said, and it was always just kind of here are the coins. This is what they do. You get the third one. A guy literally stops to explain what the value of the coins are. Mm. This isn't just anybody. This is a member of the high table. This is the fucking cream of the crop. Who's asking or who's explaining? Who's explaining? It's a member of the high table explaining to John Wick what the fucking coins mean as part of some weird metaphor as to why he needs to die or whatever. And to make it worse, he's it's being the actor the actor playing that part is the actor who played fucking Braun of the Blackwater from Game of Thrones, which I know is not really a valid criticism. It is just a fucking weird thing to have a member of the high table, the head of this very fucking chic, bougie, goddamn criminal society, be fucking Braun. Nothing against the actor. It's just immediately after Game of Thrones. Seeing him as I'm a member of the high table. It didn't work at all. And then it turns out that the high table isn't even that fucking big because there's a guy who sits above the high table. Oh, fucking Christ, really? And then we meet him and he's just some fucking dude in the desert. Like not even not even like a fucking uh, like hermit or whatever or some weird like mystic wanderer. He's just what you imagine a very powerful man from a desert country to be. So a sheik? Basically. He's some fucking sheik out in the middle of the desert. Who makes John fucking cut off his ring finger and give him his wedding ring. Like, I, I know that anything that they could have done would have would have annoyed some people because the way that they have built this shit up People have, like, the way they built shit up as very vague as they have, people have kind of built their own worlds and fan fiction or whatever around this stuff, their own headcanon. And having, and having the head man just be, just be, hey, I'm a, I'm a rich Middle Easterner. That just all falls fucking flat. Like, it would have. In my head, at least, the way the way that I saw it going was was like basically someone like the Bowery King being the fucking man, being the fucking guy above the high table. I just I'm just having like this incredibly powerful, incredibly chic criminal organization they be had, led by a fucking homeless man. But they had the chic. It's, I, I, fuck, God damn it! You said the word, not me, man. Yes, I did. I did. I set myself up for that. I'm a fucking idiot. I wouldn't say that. You're not James. 
Oh yeah, and Halle Berry's in this movie. Okay, who cares? People, the marketing. Her assassin thing is that she uses dogs. You remember this the, the first movie started because she was a dog. It's a motif. <laughs> I don't care. No one really fucking cares at this point, man. Hell, in the this movie has a fucking Matrix reference in it. And like a bad one. Because it's just because it's just Keanu Reeves saying a line from the Matrix. He just says at one point he just fuck there like so the other big plot thing happening in this is the high table sends an adjudicator. An adjudicator is the people who enforce the rules of the high table. And they bring down, and they, and she comes, sorry, my apologies. They come down to pass judgment on Winston, the man who runs the Continental, Ian McShane. Because, because John Wick killed someone on Continental Grounds, not just killed someone on Continental Grounds, killed a member of the high table on Continental Grounds, and Ian McShane gave him a one-hour head start. So they... So they say, hey, the, the fucking, the continent, the New York Continental is deconsecrated and everything's fucked. They are like, the adjudicator is the one that hires Mark Dacascus to come back out of retirement or whatever and fucking hunt down John Wick as well as be their muscle. And also the reason I am, the, the character, while gender is never specified, is played by a gender neutral, is played by a gender neutral actor. Okay. And that is why I apologize for misgendering them by saying a female pronoun. I don't know why. Just kind of, that's what came out. And I apologize. You're human. Humans are fallible. Yes. Uh, yeah, and they, they are nothing. They feel like nothing. They, they don't have any real presence. They don't have any real authority. They have some good clothes and a coin. And that's about it. And so when the fucking, when the fucking uh, Continental gets deconsecrated, uh, John is sent there to kill Winston. John goes there and doesn't kill Winston because he's a buddy. And then the, and the high table sends their fucking goons in and they're like, yes, yeah, so the high table's goons have like really good armor. So you're going to need some, you need some special bullets. And it's like, all right, so what do you need, John? And he, at which point he, at which point he says, walking down guns, turns the camera, lots of guns. And you get to the fucking final fight and the final fight. It's fucking goons versus John Wick and other goons. And John Wick's bullets are the only bullets that have any kind of effect. Like literally, John Wick with a pistol, his bullets have more effect on this fucking body armor than dudes with assault rifles. Because the dude with assault rifles, their bullets literally just bounce off, and the actors and the stunt doubles in the stunt men in the fucking suits don't move or react at all. But John Wick shoots with a pistol. Oh no, I've been hit by a gun. And they get shotguns. The shotguns just immediately destroy them. 
Like they like the shotguns work like how shotguns work on people not wearing anything. Like, oh, that fucking bulletproof vest literally has no effect against small and medium arms fire, but gets shot once with a shotgun at at not close range, and their fucking arm gets blown off and leaves a giant hole in their body. That's how physics works. Yep. And all this leads in to John Wick Chapter 4. Because there's a fucking John Wick Chapter 4. And it's not a trilogy. It is. It is a goddamn franchise now. Fuck. Sorry, bro. I now feel stupid. I now now kind of feel stupid. Giving so much praise to this fucking movie. Give me so much praise to this, not this movie, this franchise now. Because fuck me. Sorry, bro. Like, John Wick 1 came out, and it was great. It was just this fucking out-of-nowhere thing that kind of revitalized Keanu Reeves and made fucking waves as this weird, low-key, amazing action movie. They move on to the second one, where things expanded, and things got, things, while kept on par... While it wasn't, well, I do not think it was as good as John Wick One, just because of, just because it kind of couldn't be. It still was fucking really good, with a really solid cast that helped build out this world in a much more interesting way, and that led into John Wick Chapter Three, which, which from fucking concept at least, was really fucking interesting. And they just squandered the entire goddamn thing. Fuck, man. I feel bad. I feel bad for the only movie that I have good things to say about for reals is this movie that was fucking distributed by the WWE. Okay. Let's talk about Slight. Slight is a movie that has nothing to do with the WWE. Really? Yep. It was shown around at film festivals and then WWE bought this bought the distribution rights. Okay. And it's a movie that really could have used an extra like half hour. Because as it is, the movie is just shy of 90 minutes. So Slight is a movie about a street magician who ends up getting who gets caught up in the machinations of a local drug dealer and has to use his sleight of hand and magic abilities, not literal magic, but you know, his prestigitation stuff to try to get out of it. But the wrinkle in it all is that he built an electromagnet into his arm. Like that, that is, that is the big USP for this thing. He built an electromagnet into his right arm. Okay. And I want to talk to like an actual magician about this because this, there is there is actually an in-story reason as to why he did it other than this is cool. Because the story the, there's a story that he tells where he went, when he went out to a fucking like beach as a kid, like like went down like little pier as a kid and saw a dude perform magic. And then the dude, for his last trick, pulls out a knife and jams the knife through his hand. And then has this kid pull it out. And as he pulls it out, 
There is no blood, no nothing. Just pulls it out and there's no hole or it left or anything. And the kid's like, okay, how the fuck do you do that trick? And the guy says, I only, like, magician rule only reveals a trick to another magician. Which, don't think that's true. Maybe is, I don't know. Uh, it is a magician rule that you're not supposed to do that, but magicians break it all. Okay. Especially when they're trying to get laid. Yeah, so he, so this kid then starts learning card tricks and stuff and goes out to do, become a magician. And then goes back to that guy, shows a couple tricks, and then asks him, okay, how do you do the thing with the hand? It's like, oh, so what I do is I took a knife and then very slowly pushed it through my hand over the course of a few years. Essentially carving a hole in his own hand out of scar tissue. And then and then putting a, like a fine layer of latex over like the front and back of his hand so that it didn't look like he had a hole in his hand. And then just stabs the knife through. All of this to reveal the message to our main character that anybody can learn a trick. If you can do any, if you do something that no one else can, that's what makes you a magician. And so he built an electromagnet into his arm so that he could be a master at manipulating metal. Like, like a lot of his tricks are like, Hey, I'm going to float this coin up here. I'm going to fucking like, like levitate this ring around your hand. Hey, there's a spirit sitting in that chair. Hey spirit, get out of that chair. Use a magnet to make the chair push back. Like someone just got out of the chair. Okay. It's a dumb, weird thing that could have made for an actually interesting movie, but they forget about it for most of the fucking movie. When they do it, it's neat, and the movie with, and the movie throughout the rest of it just kind of, kind of being just a you know kid having to raise his little sister after his mom dies in a car crash and his dad isn't in the picture. Him dealing with raising his do- dealing with raising his little sister, developing a relationship. While also being a drug dealer. That is kind of where the movie. That's where the movie largely works. Because that stuff is interesting. And having him be this you know magician on the side. Because the tricks that he does. They're not like fucking Nagasimi tricks. Where they are all reliant on CG. A lot of the tricks work. A lot of the tricks are stuff that could feasibly be done by a real magician. This kid is as far as I can tell. Not a real magician. And a lot of the tricks are done with CGI, but they are they are at least semi-realistic. They could you could see these being done on a stage or on the street. Like the first like the first trick that he does is he gets the guy to he gets the guy to pick up pick out a card and then put it in his breast pocket. And then like he picks out like the ace of spades or whatever, puts it in his breast pocket, you know, puts his hand over it, and then and then the street the kid the kid is like, alright, so I have the four hearts here. And he just kind of turns around, and looks at it, it's like, oh, that's weird. Now I have your card. Flips around, it's the ace of, it's the ace of spades. Guy looks at his breast pocket, it's not there anymore. Girl fucking opens her purse, and the four of hearts is in it. They are decent tricks. And the movie spends like a weird amount of time on that aspect of things, but not developing the core relationship between their two between our two leads. Because he meets a girl while doing fucking magic tricks, and is, and she's like, "Yo, that's fucking cool. Let's here's my number. Let's bone." Doesn't call her until about half an hour into the movie, and then she's all of a sudden. Like, virginity disappear. Yeah, and then, like she, she like he calls her like half hour into the movie, and then, and then by the forty five minute mark, she's living with him. Okay. Despite the fact that I think this took, despite the fact that I think this movie takes place over the course of like three days. 
Or maybe it's three months. Who the fuck knows? There is no sense of time passage in this goddamn movie. Other weird thing. Uh, the drug dealer is played by Dulé Hill, a.k.a. Gus from Psych. No fucking way. Yup. And so seeing Gus. So he's basically living his, old, his best life. <laughs> he beats a dude up. Is it a white dude who constantly calls him by the wrong name? Uh, no, it is a black dude who started selling drugs in his territory. Darn it. There are no psych references in this. It's a missed opportunity if, you, if I've ever... But similar to the, like, Braun situation, it is incredibly weird seeing Gus say motherfucker and try to shoot somebody. It is weird seeing Gus try to act hard. Because when you get to the when you get to the finale, when you get to like the climax, he ends the movie he ends the movie huddled on the floor saying, "Oh gosh, oh gosh, my forehead, oh gosh." You know the drug dealer. You know how drug dealers are known for saying "gosh." Oh golly, gosh! Oh golly, gee Willikers, Mister Magic Man, I'm sorry for stealing your sister. I didn't mean to be a bad drug dealer, Mr. Magic Man. Please forgive me. Yeah, because you get to the end, he hooks up his fucking... He he hooks up... like Up until now, he'd been using, like, you know, double A's to charge his fucking uh, magnet. Then he hooks up to two car batteries with a feedback oscillator. So he catches... That's a bad idea. So he catches bullets. Uh, That's not how magnet works. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm aware of that. But in terms of weird superhero bullshit, in terms of movie logic, it makes perfect sense. I use, yes, I, I use this magnet to fucking, I use this magnet to float, got to float rings and move chairs and stuff. Now I'm going to use it to rip out a dude's grill, beat someone up with a baseball bat and then catch bullets. And then like Magneto, drill one of those bullets into my, into this bad guy's forehead till he tells me where he kidnapped my sister. It kind of is a bad state when this is the best movie that I'd watched in the last couple weeks. It really is. Because kind of like it, there is a, like there is, there is kind of like it. They forget their best part, their best selling point, which is he has a fucking magnet in his arm. Because that only comes up, that comes up at the beginning of the movie, the middle of the movie. And the end of the movie. And that's it. Like the majority of the tricks that he does out in the fucking world are card tricks that don't require magnets. And not, you know, the thing he built an electromagnet into his goddamn arm for. I, I'm, I'm done. I feel well, bad. That's the end of the recording. <laughs> like I'm, I am fucking hungry. I'm low on blood sugar or whatever. I'm irritable. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm in a bad headspace watching movies right now. Slight is fine. Slight is an okay movie. Like it is, it is decently acted. 
with some with some solid with some solid effects and a unique selling point that they fucking forget about for the majority of the movie. Hell, there's a point where this dude has to break into a safe. And he's like, okay, I'm just gonna try this code over and over again and not I'm gonna use my magnets to open the safe. Watching Magnet this, magic! Yeah, watching this movie, I spent the majority I spent like half of it just looking at situations and going, Yeah, you can use a magnet to do that. Yeah, you can use a magnet to do that. You can use a magnet to do that. And it just doesn't have a magnet ever. Like I think I think until they brought it up a second time. Like, in between the last scene that I thought that and in, and them bringing it up a second time, I forgot he had a magnet in his arm. Because it amounts to nothing. Oh, fuck. And that's what I got. Hey, Van, maybe bring some positivity to this. I don't know. I can, actually, because I enjoyed everything I watched. Good. Now more onto laser discs. God damn it, you fucker! <laughs> uh, so let's start with something truly new. Charmed. <laughs> uh, so uh, if if you were a child truly of the 2000s, you probably like heard of the show Charmed, where three sisters who were smoking hot ran around in uh, you know attractive outfits and fought evil monsters, and most people left it at hot chicks doing things, whereas I actually watched the entire fucking series. It <laughs> I was, loved Charmed. It was Buffy, but pandered to women. I loved Charmed so much, and like I enjoyed all the characters. When Prue died, I actually felt it. It was a good fucking show. Fast forward to now. And I'm scrolling through Netflix and I see Charmed. I'm like, those ain't the Charmed girls. <laughs> Who are these chicks? Oh, they're too Charmed. That's going to be confusing when I do this on uh, Death Door Prods. Because I'm going to have to explain new Charmed, not old Charmed. <laughs> Which is what I'm doing now. Uh, so the new Charmed is... It's very, very good. Like, it's mostly story-driven, whereas the old one had, like story beats in almost every episode but most of the episodes felt like they were side quests this one feels more like okay we're doing the fucking main quest and we'll mention a side quest every once in a while so the new chart i don't know na the names of any of the actors but uh i have them pulled up oh thank you dad <laughs> uh the uh, new charmed is uh centered around again three sisters at first, we only have two sisters, uh, and uh, we eventually get introduced to the third. Uh, the the one of the big uh, things about the show about the uh, sisters is them actually coming together as sisters, because after the mother's death, there like a wedge is driven between them, and there's questions as to whether or not oh are they sisters? Aren't they sisters? Uh, there's genetic tests brought in and one of the things that i actively like about this is uh they're all intelligent uh women uh one of whom is in the women's studies and she is a bit of that toxic femininity yeah uh, and before anybody tries to call me sexist no there is such a thing as toxic femininity femininity and those are those are women who go out and say every man is hot garbage 
and should just be turned into breeding stock. Yes. For example, uh, watch Original Charmed. And um, also the, at the beginning the of Supergirl. Uh, is it Mel or Maggie that I'm thinking about? We bring up the character images. Yeah, Mel is that toxic femininity character. Uh, uh, the three sisters are Mel, Maggie, and then the third sister who gets introduced later, Macy. Uh, the two sisters are Hispanic. Macy is half black, half Hispanic. Um, and their white lighter, Harry, is my favorite character because he put Mel in her place the very first time she decided to be toxically feminine. Noise. She said, well, one of the first times I see her. Uh, she says to him, they shouldn't have put a man in charge of women's studies. And he turns around and says, oh, yes, a, a man published in numerous feminist magazines and respected all across the world should not be in charge of women's studies. And I'm just like, burn, bitch. Because <laughs> it was good. It felt really good. Um, so for reference. I, I hear that shit and then it's like, oh, yes, you're right. I shouldn't be in charge of women's studies. <laughs> I have the evil thing that is the penis that makes all men villains. Oh, yes, I'm quiet. <laughs> Come at a time he watched she for the 50th time in class. And, of course, the first villain is, like, toxic masculinity, like, presented He's an old man who's used his position to rape multiple of his students and then drugged uh, the person who was coming forward into a coma so that she could not, you know, actually get him thrown in jail. Swell, but rolling it back a bit, maybe you want to explain what a white lighter is? Because you kind of oh. dropped that term and then moved on. I assume everyone watched Charmed. I should, I should explain. Okay, so a white lighter is a human soul that has been resurrected into a new body technically like they're they it's the way they looked but that body is unaging and they get special powers healing powers and teleportation powers as, as well as the ability to hear when their name is called for a good reason like if, if you if one of their charges yelled out hair like in carrie's case if one of the charmed ones yelled out harry and they actually were yelling it out with some kind of like urgency then he'll hear it and appear, which leads oh. to a, a funny bit. It's a really funny bit in the show where they're trying to like come up with what to call him so that he doesn't accidentally get summoned to their side. And it's 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 great. Aww. Well, at least they added the well, at least they added the rule that you actually had to like be endangered in order to summon them. Well, it's not in danger. It's just have to say it with some intent because at one point they're like. These girls are the worst witches. And I say this having done research on magic. <laughs> they don't ground. They don't cleanse. They don't ward themselves. They just fucking go. Just fucking go. Like, we're going to tap into one of the most uncontrollable forces in the universe. Let's open up a Ouija board. Because none of us saw fucking Ouija or any of the other goddamn movies where a Ouija board invites an evil spirit into the fucking house. Well, for one thing, why the fuck would they ever watch Ouija? That's a that's a bad movie. Yeah, but these are TV characters, so like assume bad taste. Yeah, but other thing, bad, but other thing, bad since, taste. So they only watch movies that can be accessed freely by the uh, producers. But another thing, since they are TV characters, and I don't think that Warner Brothers or CBS had any hand in the production of the Ouija movie. I thought they did. I thought Warner Brothers was on Ouija. I do not believe they were. Uh. But yeah, so 
they, I, I'm, I'm double checking. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, no, that was uh, Universal put that out through Blumhouse. Also, it is a licensed movie because it's technically a movie based on a board game. Because Ouija is not a generic term; it is a copyrighted term owned by Hasbro. Okay. Also, Hasbro I, now owns Death Row Records. I I hate I hate Ouija boards, but that's something else entirely. Um, but so they invite an evil spirit into the house, and like like I'm jumping around because I loved this all. Like I have yet to find an episode that I didn't like, even the filler episodes. And I'm like eleven episodes in. The only reason I stopped. Was I was like, if I watch all of this, then I will talk for two hours about charm, and I can't do that. <laughs> I am not sure like, how. I'm not sure what. I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't. I'm not really getting a read on this really, because I'm not sure about your taste in TV shows. Well, I hate Sabrina, so fair enough. Well, no, it, so. Most of the acting is solid, and the storylines are good enough to keep me interested, even when the acting can be a little touchy. Um, I like all of the characters. Their relationship side stories are interesting. Uh, the only time that I ever really have an issue is when it feels like we kind of just jumped forward a week between episodes. Because uh, at one point, Macy is dating a character, and then they're broken up when we... Uh, get uh get back to it um who is another one of my favorite characters his name is galvin <laughs> and like he he is like he is a genius like biochemist or something because that's what macy does she's a biochemist who works at the university laboratory um and like he also brings in like uh i can't remember the name of the religion uh, but he brings in another religion is like, oh yeah, these are like part of the belief, like, th- like this is part of the belief system of that religion. And like, I've got a protective charm on me from my, uh, grandmother who like didn't want evil magics to touch me. And you know, it's, it's so good. Wait, but what? So I didn't. Okay. So Galvin, uh, is played by the kid, the the guy who played Fridge in the Jumanji sequels, which I hate. That I have to call him that. Uh, he's the football player from the Jumanjis. Never watched him. Don't. But his real name is Sir Darius yep. Blaine. Yep. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, that is S E R. Apostrophe, Darius Blaine. Mm-hmm. Sir Darius Blaine. What the shit? Oh, he was also in Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's a red shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'd kill to be a red shirt in, uh, <laughs> in a Star Trek movie. Fuck. Literally. God damn it. Um, 
now, so, okay, um, starting at episode one, we get introduced to a lot of the, like, basic beginning shit. We get introduced to White Lighters. We get introduced to the Elder Council, which is a collection of magical people. Like, in this one, it seems to be all women who basically are, like, the Supreme Court of Magics. Yeah. And, like, they dispense white lighters. They decide everything when it comes to how magical situations are going to be handled. They're massive dicks who try and make them kill a friend. Word. And, like, uh, and then we, like, they go and slay the demon that was, uh, you know, that killed their mom and all that junk. And then we get introduced to the source again. So in the original charm, there was a thing called the source, also known as the source of all evil. Evil could exist without the source, but if the source of all evil came into full-fledged power, it was very, very bad for the world. Yes. And the source fucking sucked. So uh, an entity known as the harbinger for the source is brought in as a big bad, and the girls are trying to figure out how to defeat it, how to find it, etc., etc. And then they find out that... Remember how I mentioned that the uh, evil doctor uh, drugged a girl into a coma? Yep. Well, that girl turned out to become possessed by the, uh, the harbinger of the source. So they capture it, and then the elders are like, all right, so here's your stabbing implements. You're going to be killing the uh, harbinger. <laughs> and the girls are like, wouldn't that kill the vessel? Yes. Don't worry about it. Too late. Kill the harbinger. And the girls are like, nah, bitch, we gonna find another way. <laughs> Which, of course, they do, because they're the main characters. Yeah, naturally. Um, they're which, the magicist ones. Which causes um, Mel's then-girlfriend Nico's partner. Because Nico is a character. Uh, she seems to be becoming more important now. I don't. I don't feel she was important before a major plot point later. But um, Nico uh, is a cop, and her partner is another cop who very much feels like the I suspect the witches of all witchiness and will, will try and kill them cop of this series. Um, but he's dead, so I don't know if he stays dead or what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> Like this show has no problem killing off characters. That's one of the things I love about Charmed. Is yeah. they're just like, all right, you're dead now. Well, it's good to see <laughs> that throw a character away. Well, it's good to see that carried over. Mm-hmm. Um. So they do they do all of that, and then like Nico gets in trouble for some reason. Um. And Maggie, like, she's pledging at a for at a sorority, and she ends up like kissing the sorority head's boyfriend and that gets her fucked out of the sorority forever. And that's a confusing mess, but like that side plot, which is interesting, but like it's not the magic and like the main plot that everyone's there for, but that introduces Parker. Parker is a half demon who's basically his entire role is I'm going to show you all that demons aren't all bad by being bullied into working for my evil father and <laughs> then trying to and then trying to turn my back on evil only to probably get killed. I don't know yet. I don't know if he's dead yet. Demons probably aren't all bad. Some of us are just bitches. Mm-hmm. Well, he's half demon, so. 
Well, yeah, but if Inuyasha taught us anything. Yeah, and to save his to save his girlfriend, he banished his brother to uh, Tartarus. I think it was. I think I think it's called Tartarus in this show. Um, and like, so the uh, like in the process of oh, actually, I skipped over a part. Um, so before that, before the banishing of Tartarus, they decide to rewrite time. What? Yep, the Charmed Ones, in their infinite intelligence, decide, you know what? Mel's upset because her girlfriend's having a hard time. And instead of, you know, dealing with this, talking about our problems and learning to grow as people, let's just erase that part of time where the two of you met. Yeah, who needs growth when you have magic? Which, well, it caused a butterfly effect shocking mel lost her teaching job had to become a bartender and uh nico is now a private investigator who is investigating the girls so maybe she's gonna fill the i hate magic and all witches role i don't know wow that that's that's dumb yeah it's seriously dumb really dumb fuck Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, that happens. <laughs> she ends up, uh, like, like then we, like, get a Christmas episode. Like, uh, Harry, their white lighter, gets banished to Tartarus along with the demon brother. Galvin finds out about magic. The girls work their asses off to try and get Harry out of Tartarus. Which, like, he's actively fucked up after that. So that's, that's pretty cool to see. Like, seeing, like, actual, like, consequences for shit happening. Because, like, normally, don't matter in these kinds of shows. Since, but I'm only 11 episodes in. Uh, There's an organization called the Sarkana, which I'm still learning about. Um... We haven't been introduced to all the big, big bads. I'm very, I'm very curious. I'm, I love, I loved the original show. I already like this show. I hope they don't uh, like drive it over a cliff, but who knows? Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about. Is Igor? <laughs> uh, okay. Most people probably don't even remember this existed. I've heard of this movie. It is a CG film starring a stock Igor. You know, like his like the whole thing is he looks like an Igor, so he has to be an Igor, even though he wants to be a mad scientist. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I have. I have uh, seen this around. I haven't seen it because it looked like. Hoodwinked, but worse. It's fun. Like, I enjoy it, but I would not give it better than a three out of five stars. And take into my, take into, take into effect my bias towards animated kin friendly films. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm aware. I have a bias towards these kinds of films. Uh, no, but we, all, ba- we, all, we all have weird blind spots. 
The base premise is that, that Igor, our main character, wants to become a mad scientist. So when his boss dies, because his boss is the worst mad scientist of all, Igor claims that one of his own inventions will be one of his boss's inventions. He sets about making a giant evil monster. That monster turns out to be, like, super good. Uh, and they all go on a journey together where they slowly learn the value of friendship, camaraderie, love, and that the king of their country is actually the reason their country's so miserable because he wanted everyone to be mad scientists for some fucking reason. And that's never explained. Yeah, sure. A lot is never explained. Um, but hey, so some fun, some some fun trivia. So the director of Igor, um, Tony Leondis, he made his directorial debut co-directing Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch is a Glitch, hmm. and was the director of the Emoji movie. So this is one of the best things he's ever done. Eddie Izzard was in this? Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Izzard is, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this thing is a weirdly packed cast. I have to go... Through this cast, because fuck. Yeah, so Igor is John Cusack. Uh, Eva is Molly Shannon. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is... Uh, Who was he in this? The Rabbit. I can actually... I, I can hear that now. Uh, Jay got, fucking Lin... I know who Jay Leno was. Yeah, Never we got uh, Sean Hayes, uh, who I believe... Yeah, that's Jack from Will and Grace. Uh, Arsenio John Hall, Cleese? Christian Slater, John Cleese. John Cleese? Cleese? Uh, James Lipton. Yep, oh, shit. My right. God, this is a really packed cast. So, yeah, honestly, it's a little bit like Hoodwinked in that fashion. But I think it's good. I think it's worth a watch. But I think it's something that you have to be in, like, you have to be kind of like me. You have to just have a natural enjoyment for warm-hearted kids' films. Um, Like, nobody, well... Some people die, but yeah, I mean, nobody like is violently murdered on screen or anything like that. The ultimate message is, is that everyone has a little bit of a dark side. It's whether you let it take you over or not that matters. Yeah, um, you know, kids' movies, moral lessons, it, yeah. no murder. Well, minimal murder. There's at least one body. <laughs> at least, I think two bodies actually. <laughs> what the fuck? Um. Like, yeah, it like now that I know, like, oh my god, Eddie Izzard was in this. <laughs> oh my god, that's greatness. Um, I, I, I genuinely recommend it. I think it's, I think it's an okay movie to watch with the kids. Uh, like I said, I give it a three out of five stars. I do have a bias towards animated films. Everybody has biases. Um, mine is probably going to be looked down upon by dead for a while, though. <laughs> That's only because of Romeo and Juliet. I like Romeo and Juliet. Fuck you. Mm. Um. <sighs> it's it's a good it's it's enjoyable. Um, so it's. I like, like how you. I like how you keep stopping yourself from saying it's good. It's got a lot of moments of weird humor that it just like. Okay, you did that because this is a kids' film, didn't you? 
All right. Um, but yeah, so moving on to the final thing I want to talk about. Tell me, have you ever heard of Monster Quest? Nope, but I should have noticed from the History Channel. <laughs> hey, this is actually one of their objective ones. Okay? Uh, okay. Uh, so the basic idea of Monster Quest is they go to the location where fantastical creatures are being sighted. Loch Ness, Lake Champlain... The areas that the uh, skunk ape and uh, Bigfoot are sighted, they interview people with sightings, and then they interview experts and are like, okay, so this might be what's going on, but it's also possible that this thing's going on. Basically saying, sure, it's it, there. there is like some slim possibility that there's a monster, but in more likelihood... Like, they actually have some, they, like, when they do the Loch Ness one, they have a guy come on and debunk, like, several photographs. Just like, and this is why this is fake, and this is why this is fake, and this is why this is fake. Do I want there to be a Loch Ness monster? Not really, it doesn't make sense. Could there be? Probably not, but it's possible. Yeah, Loch Ness is hiding in the hollow earth. He's down there with Godzilla and King Kong. <laughs> Loch Ness did 9-11 and in my opinion uh, it got cancelled because the History Channel uh, realized that they could make more money off of just like saying yes all of these conspiracy theories are right because it was cancelled about halfway through its fourth season which is about when the History Channel got really big into Pawn Stars and Aliens yeah, what would you rather see? Some people, some people debunking this stuff, or a bunch of rednecks with massive beards like Duck Dynasty running out of the woods with shotguns trying to find Bigfoot. The first one, but no well, one. Well, too damn bad. Bigfoot catchers coming soon to the History Channel. <laughs> Cut. You just just enter the first episode, and the first spoken line of dialogue is. Now here's the thing. Bigfoot's technically an alien. I actually really enjoyed the show. But but it's all it seems to be all You still there, you're cutting out a lot. Watching I'm like you you made me watch this, this, and this for watching Monster Quest. So, mystery quest was. But yeah, that's all I've been watching. All right then. Uh, so hopefully by now the weird lag we have will be. <laughs> Fuck. And then Dead fell into a diabetic coma and was unable to record an outro for this and was forced to use text to speech. See you all in two weeks.